for this market. And I was fully aware that um, by then, China was lacking one fundamental uh, element to actually uh, exist as a, as a brand power in the world in the future. It had no high-end or luxury brands of its own. That the market for luxury in China was, and still remains in most parts today, uh, occupied and monopolized by foreign concepts. Um, so I just use this basic uh, understanding of uh, a situation to actually project myself in the future, believing and betting on the fact that it is not possible for China to go on for the next 20 years without having its own luxury concepts, luxury brands, uh, without reviving some of the arts and crafts that made China at one point in the in the world history, one of the most advanced civilizations. It will come back, no matter how long time it, it, it takes. Um, so I just took my vision of the market, my belief in, in what uh, I wanted to achieve, and I gathered some talented people who had uh, knowledge I didn't, I was missing, in order to actually create Bainkara as a, as a concept and make it happen. So did you teach yourself about the cosmetic industry or? I, yes, I did research. I went into, uh, I went to visit factories. I had a, a gentleman who was advising me at the time, a dermatologist, and he explained to me the basics of cosmetic formulation. Uh, explained to me the difference between a formula X and a formula Y and a formula Z and also explained to me that just having a formula of shampoo or cream was not enough because the difference was so small in terms of the application that I needed the secret buying ingredient to actually differentiate my brand from all the other brands. Um, so this took me about six months, uh, including a road trip, visiting a lot of uh, labs, formulation and uh, OEM factories to understand how they worked, what we could do and what we couldn't do. Yeah. Oh, so in a way, you partly answered my next question, which is to describe what you went through when you started Bayankala. Um, yeah, it was. I think uh, to do what you what you know how to do uh, as an entrepreneur is one path, is one way. It's great. Uh, it's probably a higher guarantee of success. Uh, I always believe in challenging myself for things that I don't know so well because it gives me one opportunity is to do something I haven't done which is the exciting part, but also gives you an opportunity to educate myself for something new. Uh, I believe in in, uh, in learning at all ages. I believe in learning at every point in life. I believe that I don't know anything. I'm a great disciple of uh, Socrates and his uh, motto, which is ignorance, is the source of knowledge. Yeah. So you'd say for to be an, a real entrepreneur, in your case, what you would consider an entrepreneur is to take on new challenges, to go into new areas that haven't been explored before? In a way, yes. Yeah. I believe in in, uh, in in the adventure of entrepreneurship. Yeah. I don't believe in simply copying what others are doing and trying to make it cheaper, faster. Uh, I believe in, in doing something that has not been done yet, yeah. at least in the form that we plan on doing it. And as I say, I'm, I did not create cosmetics. I did not create the concept of cosmetics using Chinese herbal... Uh, formulas, but I'm the first one to actually take this and bring it up in a high-end luxury segment where, again, there are, to, as of today, only foreign brands present. So that is the novelty in what I'm doing. How do you attract good people to work with you? 
at Balancala, and what do you look for? Ha, good people. That is probably the biggest challenge we've faced uh, over the years uh, in doing what we're doing is to recruit and retain good people. Uh, having being a 20-year veteran of, of China, I can actually even state that in the 20 years I've worked in China, the biggest challenge I've ever faced was to recruit and retain good people. Um, how do we get people? I do a lot of the recruiting myself. Uh, we're limited by our, by our financial needs. We cannot, we're a small company, so we cannot promise huge salaries. It's way too early for us to offer uh, stock option packages. Um, so we try to recruit young, talented people who have the passion to work uh, and to be part of our history. Um, so I share, usually very candidly and uh, in a very transparent way, the story, the issues we're facing and what we expect from people and uh, try to get the, 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 those good wills and talents to actually join us. Some have uh, come, some have stayed, and uh, many move on, they go, because as we, as we identify those talents, which might not come from the best universities with the best degrees, but we, we recognize that they have something in them, that puts them aside, potentially themselves, uh, possible entrepreneurs. We train them, we educate them in a certain way of thinking, we give them the taste for adventure and for risk, and then they work with us. And shortly after, someone comes and poaches them away by offering them double the salary or higher or better or better terms or bigger branding. Yeah. And do you ever keep in touch with them to maybe get them back one day? Uh, I always keep, I always keep in touch, at least with the ones that, uh, provided the honest work in yeah. a, in a, in respect of the company values, which is not the case of everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately, but those who have, yeah, who respected the opportunity that was given to them, I'm still in touch with them. Um, in the meantime, I'm not so much of a believer of walking back on its own tracks. Yeah. I believe yeah. that what you've done, you've done, and if you decide to go, you should really Follow your heart at the time, no regrets. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about what you do? What I enjoy most is the freedom of doing what I'm doing. Um, I've always suffered in my life, uh, having bosses that I, I feel were asking me to do things that were not the right things to do. Uh, that's why I started, one of the reasons I started my own company is to actually say that I can do it myself. I don't need to have people advising me or asking me to do things. If I don't believe I'm responsible for my success, but I'll also be responsible for my own failure, if any. What is the most difficult situation that you have faced and how did you get out of it? <sighs> when I started by Inkara, uh, my marriage uh, with my then partner wife uh, went through a very very terrible uh, time. Actually, this relationship never made it made it back. So that was the end of the marriage. That was also the end of the partnership. Uh, it was a tough situation. Uh, I was owner of the brand by Inkala, but uh, my then spouse was the legal owner of the company that was running the business. And we were in a, in a very difficult situation because everybody wanted a hundred percent of everything and, um, took us a couple of years to, uh, to figure it out. Um, the hard thing was to believe that I could eventually get my company back, uh, in this, in the face of adversity and in the face of financial struggle and, and then divorce that 
was a bloody one. So there is no certainty. And you've already invested time and money into this concept. So you have a choice, which is to walk away, get a corporate job again, uh, or stay and stick into it and um, fight for it. Uh, so it's, it's your determination and your belief in yourself that is being challenged. Yeah. So it's, you have to, first of all, have that confidence in yourself to say, I can do this. Do it, or do yes, it. you have to believe, and you have to believe that you are going to uh, eventually come out in in one piece. Um, and there is no guarantee. Yeah, uh, at no point. Uh, knowing that at the same time, I was receiving offers from companies saying, "Hey, you have uh, you have now uh, uh, 15 years experience in China. You speak fluently Chinese. Why don't you come head the uh, division, my company, or one branch of the sales team for?" astronomical figures yeah. uh, so when you're broke and you're single dad and you're trying to save your business and you have these offers it's very very tempting it's very hard to resist so where do you get your advice from i get my advice from a few friends uh, who have been in the cosmetic industry and um, and i keep on meeting new people and i always candidly share with people what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I always ask them to comment uh, wholeheartedly, uh, especially in a constructive, uh, what I call constructive, critical way, which is don't tell me what I'm doing is not good, but point out where I can improve and how I could improve. Um, and I do accept as an entrepreneur the, criti the criticism uh, and take on those, those comments very, uh, very seriously. Uh, otherwise, my mother is always uh, one of my best advisors. She always tells me to follow my heart and to do well what I know how to do, not to make complicated simple things. And then sleeping. Sleeping. Always, sleeping. always take better decision after a good night's sleep. A oh, good night's sleep. Oh, okay, relax. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, do you ever give advice of your own to other entrepreneurs? Yes, I try. Uh, I've always had around me again friends and people who are uh, here to, uh, to give me good advice. It's a question of what you can make out of what people tell you at the time they're telling you. Uh, I try to avoid the old man talk that's lecturing for the sake of lecturing, but I'm sharing my experience and, and again, in a very candid way, not pretending to be this glorious entrepreneur who has now years of experience, but just telling them that even today I make mistakes. But how do I get out of each situation I put myself in? Uh, it's pieces of life that are explained, and I think people make out of what out of it, whatever they want. But it helps. If you were to start again, what would you do different? If I were to start again, I would probably try to avoid the the, the mess I was in at the very very beginning. Uh, I'll probably give up what I eventually had. Uh, to give up uh, right away instead of fighting uh, and spend the, those years working very, very hard. Um, I'll probably be more patient, more realistic and less idealistic about what I wanted to do and how fast I would be successful. Uh, but otherwise, I think most of it I would still do in a similar fashion. What is the biggest thing that you struggle with about being an entrepreneur? Um, it's very simple as loneliness. Uh, there is, there is nobody there to help. You can go and have a beer with your friends. You can talk to other entrepreneurs. Uh, but bottom line is when you have to make decisions, your 
your company. It's all by yourself. As mentioned earlier, the, the biggest joy of doing what I'm doing is the freedom. The downside of this is that you're, you're alone. You're on your own. You're on your own, and you're really on your own. That sometimes there is nobody you can turn to. You have to make that decision. You have to assume the consequences of that decision all by yourself. And if you're wrong, and then that can go pretty far. Um, so it's it's a lonely, lonely job. Yeah. Very lonely. But do you ever set your time? Do you ever set yourself a time limit to make a decision by? Because if you know, if it's very easy to say, "Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll make the decision tomorrow." So do you ever say, "Okay, this decision has to be made by"? I'm excellent at procrastinating yeah. in general. I'm very good at pushing uh, deadlines to the very extreme. Uh, also because I realize that sometimes under time pressure we're, we tend to make the wrong decisions. Uh, I think one of, one of the things I've learned in China is that you never give up. Never. Ever. And if you can't go straight, then you go up can go up, you dig a tunnel, you go underground. If you can't dig a tunnel, there might be a path, a longer one, but on either side. If not, build a build a plane, fly above the wall, uh, or break a dam and create a flood and a tsunami that's going to take down that wall or allow you to to, to, uh, to go with a boat above the newly created lake. Nothing stops people here. Yeah. And um, I, I tend to look at it the same way. So sometimes I take decisions and I'll change my, my decision making if I have the, the, the opportunity. We need a small structure. Sometimes we can. Um, basically going with the flow. Tell me what do you do to improve as an entrepreneur? I listen. I try, to, I try not to be too stubborn and too proud about what I'm doing. And uh, try to recognize that, again, uh, as I said earlier, sometimes you're wrong. It doesn't matter how many years you've been doing what you've been doing and how many corporate years of experience you might have. But when you're wrong, you're simply wrong. Correct. Change. Uh, it's about being flexible. It's about being quick at accepting a mistake and changing. Have you, ever, have you had moments or faced situations when you've asked yourself, why am I doing this? And if so, tell us how you found the will to carry on. Every day. Every day. Every day. I was having dinner with someone last night and uh, in the middle of the, the conversation I was thinking for myself, but what am I doing when I'm doing with that? Uh, what happened? I came back, I uh, went to see my daughter sleeping and uh, and told myself, why well, is she here? There is no answer for that either. And I told myself, well, you already thought of that. There is not so much to do. Uh, with one's life besides what we already all do, which is working, sleeping, and trying to enjoy uh, as much as we can, having kids and, and working for the future. So since I have recognized what I consider the limits of my of my life, and I just want to go on. And every time I see my daughter, it gives me the, the desire and uh, the strength to uh, just keep on, keep on going. Because I want her to be proud. Yeah. No matter no matter whether it's a huge global success or a, a total failure eventually, but I want her to be able to say when she looks at me, my dad looks happy yeah. because he tried. He tried. Oh, good. Yeah. So if Bayang if Bayangkala became a major success, would you sell it and start a new venture? <laughs> That's a very interesting question <laughs> because we always speculate about whether whether the company is eventually going to make it or not. Uh, there are opportunities to actually raise money, sell 
parts of the company to investors. We've already been uh, contacted by other companies trying to buy the whole concept. Um, well, eventually, I always dreamed uh, of uh, having a family business where I could be the uh, patriarch and uh, remain chairman of the board and having my daughter taking over and maybe my daughter's kids and, and the family uh, taking care of the business. I don't know. It's very hard. Uh, the idea of selling the business and starting a new business is very exciting as well. Um, being French, I come from a country where people want to retire at 50. They want to enjoy retirement. I'm not interested in retirement. I'm not interested in retiring. I never want to retire. I always want to remain active. Uh, so starting a new business sounds exciting as well. I don't know. Time would tell. Yeah. Okay. Um, for someone just starting out as an entrepreneur, tell us what advice would you give them? Think twice. Uh, before you start, because it's usually a, an, a, an adventure and a trip that takes you further, longer than you expected to uh, to materialize or to be successful. Um, and it takes uh, a great deal of uh, strength of mind, determination, perseverance, and resilience to actually resist and, and survive. Um, and if you look at the stories of the big names, the Jobs and the Zuckerbergs and even all their families who've become uh, big successes, uh, it, was, it wasn't easy for anybody. Everybody had to actually face some really, really tough times. And I think what makes the difference between a successful entrepreneur and someone who is not successful in, in its venture is that determination. Determination. But that you have to be aware of before you start. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be easy. Uh, if it was, everybody would do it, obviously. Uh, but it can actually bring you to down to your real limits as to what you're willing to do and sacrifice as a human being in your, in your life or, or your own life and time. Do you find that you can lose track with friends? Or? You lose track with friends. You can actually uh, you can destroy your family, your relationship. It can lead you to a near bankruptcy. Uh, it can lead you to health issues. And when you're an entrepreneur, most of the time, your company depends on you. Yeah. So anything that affects you affects the business. In my case, uh, it was a terrible, bloody divorce that actually bring the whole, brought the whole company to standstill for almost five years. Nothing happens, and you bet your life on that. Uh, I actually had to go out and get a job eventually to actually yeah. pay the bills, put my daughter to school. Uh, you're not ready to do this. You want to be an entrepreneur and you have that entrepreneur suit, the jeans, the cool pullover and the looks and uh, you tell people, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. But by the time uh, that thing hits the fan, uh, you have to be ready to, uh, to keep going. And once you get a job uh, to pay for the bills, then it takes you away from by mind and by a physical presence from what you wanted to do. It's easy to get carried away. So how do you come back? And you really want to, you really want to know that that's what you want to do. And if you're not, then better get a good job in a good corporation. And it's going to bring you as much happiness. Yeah. So when, what do you do in order to relax? When you, when you decide, okay, today I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. What do you do? I procrastinate. I think about what I'm going to do next. Uh, I like to take a lot of time to think, maybe too much. Um, when I don't work, yeah, I tend to, uh, I'll pick up a book, uh, I'll watch a movie, I'll try to actually really disconnect completely. But by trying to disconnect, 
from the reality of business, I usually end up re not reading my book, holding my book without reading it, thinking again about the business and an idea of watching a movie without watching it being taken away by my thoughts. Uh, but I think it's important once in a while to disconnect and to do something else. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Sean, um, for inviting me here to ask you some questions, and um, I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. I yeah. hope uh, the answers are useful to, uh, to your uh, audience. Yeah, I hope. I think they will be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Great. That was John Zimmerman, the founder and CEO of Bayankala. He shared with us his insights into what it takes to create a Chinese luxury brand in China. We hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as we did making it. Jean's experiences have given him the strength that has allowed him to overcome the adversities in both personal and professional life that all entrepreneurs experience in some way or another as they become successful. We wish you all the best, Jean, and we'll continue to watch you as you grow your business. This is Neville J. McKenzie ending this second AsiaBusiness.com interview of Entrepreneurs in Action. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to AsiaBizStories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action.